One of my favorite things about week one being done, guys, I don't want to rush through it, but I just at least want to put this out there. We have some sort of example of a regular season game and what some teams and what some players and new quarterbacks and young guys actually look like. Because that's the thing, and, it, and it's fair, right? Like, you don't like your, you want to stay away from Jameer Gibbs over three and a half receptions. I totally understand. I like that. I bet that. But who knows? Who knows what he's actually going to look like in that offense? Who knows what Jordan Love is going to look like in the Packers offense? You have ideas we saw in the preseason. We don't necessarily know until we see these regular season games. So, History tells us gosh, he's going to look pretty damn good, Nick. <laughs> I've even come around. No, I was I was always on the Jordan Love bandwagon. Everybody knows this. Andy will tell you all about it. Well, he will. Andy Herman joins, joins us now uh, Yeah, it, live from Green Bay. God, I... Ryan has been, first off, he's panicking right now because he saw the injury report today. Christian Watson, out of practice. Romeo Dobbs, out of practice. Is this something for the Packers that's a big concern? Is this something that they're just, it's, it's cautious? Where are we with those two? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, you know, it's just, you know, they didn't practice on the injury reports. Obviously, I was at practice today. You know, Dobbs did a little bit with, you know, warming up. Watson was more off to the side. But as far as their status on Sunday, I think, as Matt LaFleur said, they're going to give them through the week. But I think you have to be some level of concerned. This It's not like, you know, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams are there if these guys can't go. This is a This is a core group right now for Green Bay. You've got Aaron Jones, who's got 3,000 carries in his career. A.J. Dillon, or 3,000 snaps, excuse me. A.J. Dillon, who's got over 1,000 snaps. Josiah DeGuara, 657. After that, his wide receiver group and his tight end group. This is what would be left over. Samore Toure, 112 snaps. Jaden Reed, zero. Malik Heath, zero. Dontavian Wicks, zero. Luke Musgrave, zero. Tucker Craft, zero. Ben Sims, zero. If they call up their two practice squad guys at wide receiver because of the injuries, they both have zero. So there's not a lot of NFL snaps. And then, oh, by the way, Jordan Love, just a little over 100 snaps in his career in the NFL. So this would be a group outside of running back that has extremely, extremely limited snaps. So that would be quite the inexperience on offense with Jordan Love. And Andy, obviously we got like a small little sample size, not a whole lot of data points, you know, in the preseason. Jordan Love looked very good, but also, you know, we saw him with Romeo Dobbs. We got small sample sizes of Jaden Reed. Um, so if those guys aren't able to go, and even if they are able to go, what do you expect from the Packers offense? Because a couple of years ago, Matt LaFleur got the job. We saw a lot of pre-snap motion. And then, you know, that kind of went away. And we saw the Aaron Rodgers offense a little bit more. But now Jordan Love takes over. You have two capable backs in Dylan and Jones. And I even like Wilson a little bit. Uh, so do we see more right. of like a Matt LaFleur offense, two tight end sets, or is this more just kind of 11 personnel, same thing we saw with Rodgers? Well, to your first point, I do think we're going to see a couple things that we haven't seen quite as much with Aaron at quarterback. A, the use of the middle of the field for a couple reasons. A, Aaron was basically allergic to it. He was the most risk-averse quarterback in the history of the world. So he didn't want to throw to the middle of the field all that often, and it worked for him. I think we're going to see Jordan rip it in the middle of the field a little bit more. And then I think the second thing is that you've got two players in the middle of the field that they drafted in the second round this year, and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave specifically, that I think are going to be heavily involved in this offense and give Jordan Love two of his best playmakers his easily his two best playmakers if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs can't go in this game. So I think the middle of the field is going to get utilized a heck of a lot more. And then, yes, I do think Aaron didn't like turning his back to the defense. He wanted to see everything that was going on in front of him, loved being in shotgun. If he wanted to do play action, he would much prefer it out of shotgun so he can keep everything in front of him. Jordan seems very, very comfortable with his back to the ball and doing play action. And I think we're going to see a lot of the motion. I think we're going to see jet sweeps. You know, They tried Amari Rodgers in that role. It didn't work. We saw it work 
for Christian Watson last year in a small sample size, but don't be surprised if you see a lot of Jaden Reed. They even gave Luke Musgrave a couple end arounds in practice this year as well. So I think those are some of the things that you are going to see out of this offense to try and open things up a little bit more and make things as easy as possible for Jordan Love. That's fascinating. Two running backs, like Ryan said, veterans. You got Dylan and you got Aaron Jones. Bears were one of the worst rushing defenses last year. Got to imagine with those two wide receivers even being banged up, even if they were going to go. If you were going to take one, A.J. Dillon's rushing yard number is 38.5, minus 120 to the over. Aaron Jones, 55.5, minus 120. Which one would you feel more confident in? I'd feel probably a little bit more confident in Aaron Jones. And the reason being is that he, he's a play away from getting that on, on one play, right? And I know he's not like the 4-3-40 guy, you know, and, and certainly not anymore one year away from age 30, but he has still always been their playmaker and he can get that for you even if things aren't going in his favor. I think even going back to week one last year, if I remember correctly, he only had five carries in that game in week one. They kind of forgot to use him a little bit. They got behind and they had to throw the ball a little bit more, but he still had 49 yards in that game, even in only five carries against Minnesota in week one. So even when he has low usage, he has the opportunity to get over that number. Um, he's going to be the playmaker in this game, specifically if, if anything can't happen with Watson and Dobbs. And you know that Matt's going to want to try and make things as easy and simple for Jordan in his first start, uh, at least as the uh, the number one guy in Green Bay. Um, so I think Aaron's going to be heavily involved in the game plan this week. Hey, what did you think of the Jonathan Taylor report that they were making a pretty big offer to bring him in? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, to me, this is more of Brian, and I don't know, I don't have any inside information on it, but my guess is this is Brian doing a little bit more due diligence. You can, you can like kind of, you know, finagle your way into figuring out a world where it could, you know, possibly make sense. I'm sure that if they did swing a deal with Indianapolis, probably one of the running backs, and my guess would be A.J. Dillon, is probably going in return. And we just talked about it. If you want to make things as easy as possible for Jordan Love in his first year as a full-time starter, I can't think of very many better ways than having Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor in your backfield to give the ball to. And I think the other thing, too, as we've seen sort of this new NFL, specifically on defense, where teams are doing everything they can to keep those two safeties deep, and they want you to go 85 yards or 80 yards, whatever it is, the length of the field, and 15 plays to go out and get a touchdown and really avoid any explosive plays. As teams do more and more of that, the best way to get teams out of that is by running the football and trying to get some of your explosive plays through the running game. And Jonathan Taylor certainly would give you that. I don't think it's going to happen. Green Bay's not in the situation right now where they can like they, they should be out in acquiring assets. This is an extremely young team, the youngest team in the NFL, and they need to get a little bit more fiscally responsible over the last couple of years. So going out and trading for and paying Jonathan Taylor is probably one of, if not the highest paid running backs in the league, probably not the way to do that, but an interesting way to think about it nonetheless. We all had really high expectations, even nationally for the defense, figuring they were going to be top 10 last season. There's so many first-round picks on that side of the ball. And, you know, I mean, Joe Barry's back again. Um, they had exit interviews where, you know, we kind of asked them what they wanted to do. They want to play more press man coverage. Do you expect to see, you know, I mean, they're still going to play a base 3-4, I know, but do you expect to see anything different? Maybe uh, hopefully the defensive back's not playing 10 yards off the ball. But what do you expect to see this year from the defense, and do you think maybe they could bounce back? 
Yeah, I think a couple things that we're going to see differently. First of all, yes, I'm sure the defensive backs would love to play more press man coverage. This is the modern NFL, and if you play any one coverage over and over and over, you're just going to get cooked because every team has man beaters, zone beaters. It, you, it's, it's really difficult, no matter how many skilled players you have on defense, to just do a Seattle cover three or a press man to man or any you know a, a Tampa Bay cover two anymore. Like you have to you know have a variety of things and really not tip your hand pre snap because otherwise modern offenses are just going to tear you apart. So there has to be a variety there. I do think what you're going to see is Green Bay be more aggressive on those third downs. You mentioned it. There were a lot of situations, third and four, third and five, where Green Bay's defensive backs were 10, 12 yards off the ball and just easy completions for first downs. I think they're going to be more aggressive in those scenarios. And I think up front, there's really been a change in the dynamic of the players that they went out and got up front over the past couple seasons. You look at Devontae Wyatt, You'll get Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden, who they got in the draft this year. Lucas Van Ness in the first round. They still have Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. These are guys who can get into the backfield and explode and penetrate and not be the slow burn guys who are going to maybe collapse the pocket slow and steady. They got some gap penetrators now, and I think you're going to see this team try to get into the backfield quicker with more intensity and really make things complicated, whether it be in the run game or the pass game, trying to keep those two safeties deep and making sure that you're still not giving up explosive plays. But you know what? If they get 10 or 12 yards on a play and it's another first down, so be it. But if they can get one of those first down plays where they're getting a loss in the backfield, whether it be via sack or a tackle for loss, and now it's second and 13, second or 14, they're going to feel like they have the ability to get off the field in those situations. I think they're going to be quite more aggressive up front with those players as well. Yeah, and Andy, it's just crazy to see the Packers with plus 375 odds, you know, to win the division and uh, a win total at seven and a half. And I feel like, you know, I feel like it's lazy. A lot of people are just talking about the offense, but if the defense could live up to expectations, be a top 10, top 15 defense, I don't think Jordan Love needs to be Aaron Rodgers from 2015. I think he needs to be better than Aaron Rodgers last season when he was quarterback 20, and I think he should be this year. So I wanted to ask you, do you think, you know, Matt LaFleur won 13 games three consecutive years, and we were all like, why isn't he getting coach of the year, Love? If Jordan Love wins 10-11 games, Packers with the worst odds to win the North, win that division, do you think maybe he gets a look this year? He does. And actually, I think if, if you look at it, I think that's one of the only bets that is anywhere near like, uh, you know, not crazy odds is Matt LaFleur yeah, coach of the year. <laughs> yeah, 16 more. Like it's a, it's a legitimate possibility, at least in comparison to pretty much every other, um, you know, opportunity for Green Bay to bet on. So I, I do think he, you know, if, if Green Bay's in that conversation, if they're making a playoff push and they get in the playoffs, I think there's going to be legitimate conversation about Matt LaFleur getting coach of the year. Uh, but to your point earlier, you know, this is a team that's got to find a way to play complementary football. That has been something, even in some of Matt's best seasons, where it's kind of escaped them at times. They have to be better on special teams. Keyshawn Nixon covered a lot of the issues that were on this special teams a season ago. They still weren't great. They just had Keyshawn Nixon take a couple kicks to the house, and that kind of glossed over some things. Uh, now they've got a rookie kicker. Their defense has got to play better than they did a season ago. And as you mentioned, Jordan's got to play at least in the realm of what Aaron did last year. They can do those things. They're going to be in the conversation, but there's a lot of youth and inexperience. And with that comes a lot of volatility all throughout this team and what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, and in order for Jordan to play well, he's got to have that line hold up. And David Bakhtiari, as we know, has had a knee that's swelled at the drop of a dime since uh, probably pre-pandemic. So, Andy, like, where are we at with David Bakhtiari? Because the Athletic dropped a whole, like, puff piece on him today about how he's got a lot to prove. 
Yeah, I think he has a lot to prove, but I think both he and the Packers are being smart about this. One of the things that was so crazy about Bakhtiari is he had, you know, he went down with the ACL in what, 20, um, right before the, the the playoff run. And then in 2021, he tried to come back at the end of the year. He played 30, I think 30 snaps in that week 17 game, week 18 game against Detroit. And he couldn't make it through the game. His knee flared up. He played like 25 snaps after not playing for a year. And you know, he looked like David Bakhtiari. It was absolutely incredible. His knee was clearly not right. He was he had, had complete rust. He hadn't played in over a year. And he looked he looked really, really good. And then last year he comes back. He looks like David Bakhtiari again. He doesn't need a ton of practice time. He doesn't need a ton of you know time out there with his teammates. Like he is going to be just fine anytime he is out on the field. So I think not putting a ton of wear and tear on his body. He's kind of been practicing maybe once a week. I think that's the smart way to do it. I think they're gonna try to save as many snaps and reps as they can for the actual game. But to your point, at any time that could flare up and you just don't know there was a game last year where you just couldn't go and like you expected him to play on Sunday all of a sudden Sunday he was inactive it was only one time and then he had the appendectomy later in the year but you just don't know how many games he's going to get through and I think that's going to be a, a real big factor for Green Bay this season talking to Andy Herman bet MGM tonight so look a lot of hype around the Lions right favorites to win the division and then it's it's the Vikings, and then it's the Packers. Kind of a different situation for an organization that's been, you know, a contender for that division year after year after year. Big picture for this team this year. What's your feel and where this all shapes out in the division? Yeah, to me, I think they have the ability to be competitive through the end of the year. That's what I'm really hoping for uh, for this Packers team. Uh, you know, that you're in week 15 and when Fox or CBS is showing the in-the-hunt graphics that they're still in it, even if they're yeah. at least on the screen. And maybe they're two, three games out, but at least on the screen still when you get to that portion of the season. Usually at this point of the year, like when we're talking about Green Bay towards the end of the year, we're talking about them wanting to play their best football to make that run into the playoffs and into, you know, hopefully February. To me, I want to see this team playing their best football at the end of the year, but not because of that. I just want to see this team gel and really grow through the course of the year. I think it was in in um, uh, Mike McCarthy's, I want to say it was maybe his second year, but they had an 8-8 eight and eight season, but I think they started 4-8. and eight. They won the last four games of the year, and then that led to a 13-3 and three season the following year where they went to the NFC Championship sort of unexpectedly. They won those last four games. The momentum carried over. I want to see the young players on this team gelling at the end of the year and then playing their best football showing that it's something that can carry over and ultimately this year is going to be about Jordan Love and if he can show that he's the legitimate you know face of the franchise and franchise quarterback moving forward for this team that was a great year with McCarthy they won all four games to close out the season and they beat the Bears I believe it was on New Year's night and Rex Grossman said it was because he wanted to be at his New Year's Eve party and not playing a football (laughs) game which was one of my favorite quotes ever all right we got about 45 seconds Andy who wins the NFC North if it's not the Packers is it the Lions for the first time since 93 yeah, I'll say Detroit, but I say it with some trepidation because as a you know you know fan of football who's watched the Lions for the past 30 years, yeah, every time they take a step forward, they take two steps back. And then them having back-to-back winning seasons does not happen very often. Them winning a playoff game does not happen very often. So I do think it's a really well-coached team. I think they have all the pieces that they need. But uh, you know, until Detroit goes out and proves that, hey, it's one thing to be sort of a, a fun, hey, take you by surprise team that wins some games last year and knocks Green Bay out of the playoffs. It's another to take that step and win the division this year. That would be my pick, but uh, I think the division has the opportunity to be up for grabs at the same time. Andy Herman, Pack a Day podcast and the Packer Report. Really appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks so much, man. Hey, appreciate you having me, guys. You concerned about your receivers? Oh, week one. Hell yeah. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Yeah. I I know. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that kind of came out of nowhere, too. See, like, I'm excited for Green Bay because they could be good. And I'm also excited if they're bad. I don't have to have my heart ripped out in January. You know, like a punt and a kick won't be blocked in the same game where a team doesn't score an offensive touchdown to beat us. I won't have to watch Jimmy Garoppolo and his beautiful face in the cold weather at Lambeau Field. You're going to miss a competitive team, I promise you. Doing nothing but handing the ball off. Pet MGM the night. I don't know. They might be.